0: Welcome back to another edition of the Powered Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie and Ham. Ayo. And your host Hamish. We're without 40 this week. He's uh, on other duties, unfortunately. Um, so now, as, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, we're going to try to split it up and do a review on Sunday evening and then um, push out the preview a little bit later in the week. Uh, mostly just to assist myself because um, with court commitments and stuff this year, it's pretty difficult to try record unless we're recording at like midnight. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll try to set this up uh, on a weekly occasion, except where we play on the late Sunday game. Um, so as we're recording, we've got Bulldogs and Broncos in the background. What are you making of it, boys? Yawn. I
1: was telling, telling Ham <laughs> earlier, you know, for a team that has, you know, on um, Cobo, Katoni uh, Stags, you know, um, Fox and TPJ to an extent it's a pretty boring game you know you think it's yeah it's pretty boring yeah well, just... it's
0: only just half time so we might get more than eight points in the second half oh yeah. but
2: for all come on like jeez the dogs <laughs> had what I, I'm looking now they had 63% possession and from what I I didn't watch for a little bit Um, I, I stopped watching after the Oats try but some of the territory the dogs had and they couldn't score like
0: against the Broncos too that's yeah it's not good all right, well, let's jump into some Eels action. So over the weekend, Harold Matthews currently sitting in six on the ladder, uh, 26 points over the Bears' 14. Uh, any news on that one, Ham? Um, Richard Penasini moved in from uh, wing descent, and I thought, you know, I was
2: a bit unsure about him, but he had a really strong game, and young Dom Ferugia uh, moved into on the wing there. Other than that, they just they did what they needed to do. Like They held on the ball early, Um, They put on points, and I don't think the Bears are doing anything before this round. So while um, it's good to get a win, I mean the Bears had won only one game previous to this, and um, puts Parramatta up into six. I didn't think they'd get in that top six position, but no, it's good to see they might they might have a crack at the top six, which should be I'm not sure if it's warranted
0: because I think they've been pretty poor. But you know, it's always good to be in the finals. All right, well, let's jump on to the SG ball. Currently sitting in 10th on the ladder, 12 over the Bears, 10. Uh, did you see much of this action? Uh, no, actually, because I had my um,
2: booster on Saturday, so I was feeling a bit bit worse for wear, and I, I fell asleep <laughs> sort of about halfway through this game. But from what I saw, um, young Paddy Spence uh, come into fullback, had a good game. I thought the halves, uh, Riley Canning and Terence Laffey, um, Ethan Sanders have been playing Jersey Fleg. Those two played really well. Um, other than that though, uh, Saxon Pryke looks to have put on a bit of size, which is good. I, I Rate young Saxon, He's works hard and he's got a bit of aggression in him, so that's good
0: to see. Then Tasha Gales charging to third position on the table. 32 over the Bears, 10. Um, so this really good season for the, for the the uh, Tasha Gales women um, under-19s this season. After the last couple of years, their first couple of years in the competition, they um, they copped a couple of hidings. It looks like they're starting to dish them out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, it, it's really good to see uh, the, the work that the club has put into these young women now paying off. Uh, it's been a long-term project sort of thing. Um, I can only imagine if... Uh, Alicia Bell's playing playing so she converts them from everywhere. It would have been absolute thrashing. So, no, really good to see from Tasha Gale. Up into third, uh, they could have a, you know, they're starting to really look good with uh, Rosemary Beckett and Talara Bamblett in the halves there. So those two and who had another? Uh, Petalina Otoa and Ruby Kennard. Their whole forward pack really just got up, got up in the face, smashed them, making metres. Um, no, really good to see. Really strong game from the uh, young women there.
0: And as I said, that puts them up in third. I think it's top four for the women. No, they've got a top six. They've got a top six as well. Okay. Well, they're they're very highly placed in that competition to make a run for the finals. Um, All right, well, let's jump over to the flag now. So the Eels getting over the Sharks, 22-12, putting them in sixth position. It's only the second week of that comp, so ladder position doesn't really matter. Um, Did you see any of this, Ham?
2: Uh, No, I didn't. I heard uh, a little bit of info that Corey Fenning, I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, had another strong game. So uh, good to see from young Corey. Hopefully future honours are very close in his future. Higher honours
0: are close in his future, sorry. <laughs> and I think the Sharks had won last week, so um, at least they're coming up against a team that, that had a good win in the first week and then um, the Eels uh, able to knock them off in round two. Um, all right, and then New South Wales Cup, unfortunately, going down in a seesawing affair out there um, to the um, the Sharks feeder team, the Jets. Now Jets 28, Eels 24, just not good enough to come back at the end of that match.
2: A lot of dumb. I was out there today at um, Kellyville Oval, Kellyville Park, whatever you want to call it. Just dumb errors. Had they had they mowed the uh, the side? Yeah, they, they they mowed the grass, which is good. Uh, still bugs crawling all over your legs and everything i got bitten a couple of times um i think in the first three sets we'd held it for three tackles so that just goes to show you the they just they looked disinterested i don't know what was wrong with them and then the the jets had a few sets on our own line we went up theirs on the first set and we scored and i thought it was going to be pretty easy from there but yeah it just wasn't a good a good game of thumb. Lachlan Miller from the Jets who's come across from Rugby Sevens absolutely carved us up this you know this is something that a halfback should realise right so we kicked the ball for a kick down to the Sharks a clearing kick Miller picked it up on his 20 metre line used his speed and passing and evasiveness got down our right hand side defence so his left hand side and they made it down to the 40 metre line after receiving the kick on about the 20 so you know pretty big gain there the next set ranking kicks it in the exact same spot like you've just seen your team get pulled apart defensively why would you kick it in the same spot the next time you kicked it down there they returned it for a try why would you do that it's just it's little errors like that where they just switch off there was two times the sharks kicked off the first time after kickoff uh, so this kickoff of the second half let the ball bouncer went out after um who scored the try uh, Cartwright. After Cartwright scored his try, they let the ball bounce. It went out. Catch the ball on the full. Like it's it's one of the how many kickoffs do you, are there in a year that you go through? Catch the ball on the full. You know if it's going to bounce, can go anywhere. Don't let it bounce. Um, other than that, I thought Naiduki had a stronger game than he did last week. Um, who else did we have in there? Look. We- Cartwright was crabbing across field. He, he looked like he was a bit dangerous at points, but then at other times I thought he might have overplayed his hand. Um, strong in defence. Uh, Kai Rodwell always has a strong game. Uh, no fuss with him, just up and down. You know, makes his tackles. Brendan Hands come into the halves after Jack Williams got injured. But other than that, I think I Corey Fenning. I want to bring up Corey, but I think this team needs a bit of an injection into it. So maybe bringing in Corey Fenning, maybe bringing in Josh Tulpilotu, because I don't think these guys that have trained that aren't, haven't trained with the um, first-grade squad, Max Lehman, Jack Williams, uh, Dan Kerr. Um, I haven't seen much of Keaton, Walkington, Meads, but he seemed to be all right in the middle. But those three just sort of... There's no future in them. I don't know why we're playing them in this grade, and t- to me, they haven't really done anything to... To warrant their selection, I know that's probably only off one game, um, a poor one today. But other than that, they haven't. I just don't see a future in them. And this is a development and pathway team. Bring in our pathway players. Don't. To me, there's no point bringing in um, a Max Lehman who's 24 years old or whatever it is and doesn't have a contract with us.
0: Yeah. So just to, yeah, I think that's what this team has been in years past and obviously it might be a little bit difficult this year given the last two years that the ability to actually play any football that wasn't top flight football has been difficult so perhaps they just need some fillers while they're bringing through some more of that youth yeah possibly i just yeah i think that yeah it's
2: really disappointing because they could have won this game if they were switched on it was just it was just meh meh game whereas the the jets who sort of luke metcalf had a really good game Lachie Miller. Um, those two really just carved us up. Between those two, though, like I don't think they've got too many first grade hopefuls. Where I think we have a few. So I'm just I
0: don't know why we played like we did. I was just gonna say with a with a try like that from JMK, why do they even need Reed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the your chat during the week, Bertie? That you picked up on? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, there was some chat on. I can't remember which Bulldogs forum or maybe Bulldogs Twitter about why why they bothered to pay Reed money when they've got JMK. Oh, fucking honestly. So, the,
1: I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't know. If we're blaming the booster shots, but there's a lot of stupid people on Twitter lately. Like they set the bar last couple of years but now this year it's just so many bad hot takes and in my head I'm thinking they're just trying to take the piss out of everyone so yeah well if
2: Bulldogs fans don't want Reid uh, I think we could we could probably re-sign him for two, three hundred grand something like that
0: man I'll give him the five fifty, six hundred, or whatever the freak <laughs> you signed for <laughs> Um, All right, well, let's jump into the women's... The women's? The women's premiership. Uh, Eels still sitting in third, but on eight... uh, They went down to the Roosters today, 18-19. Unfortunately, not able to to kick that field goal like they did against the Knights in round one, and the Roosters were able to kick them from a a pretty far distance out as well. Um, But, yeah, rather unfortunate this game. I thought... Um, after we got blown off the park in the first 10-15 minutes It was really good fight back from the girls And, and they controlled things for the majority of the match But um, unfortunately uh, I, I, th- I think there was a bit of a lack of composure in that last 10 minutes
2: uh, Yeah, I can't really oh, yeah. I didn't watch the game I, was, I, I had it recorded And I was ready to watch it And then it got spoiled for me So I, I, don't, I don't like to watch losses So yeah, I didn't, yeah, didn't understandable.
0: get to watch it did you watch any of the women's? I
1: uh I watched so I missed the first ten minutes so and I missed the last ten minutes so I don't know um, for my good representation but um, you know we did all right once again um the fullback Beauvendi Washman she is unbelievable like she uh she set up she set up a try yeah she set up a try I think um yeah Maddie Studding Maddie Studding to her that she passed it I can't remember who she passed it to oh Abby Church that's it yeah she's like and I was telling my brother like um the Broncos fullback uh she's a She's a Queensland rep and also, you know, an Australian player. But this is the next best fullback in the, in the comp. She's just... Every time she touches the ball, it's that fast-paced. And, um, like, no disrespect to women in the, the women's football, but, like, everything, everyone else seems slow-paced compared to her. And she's just, like, another level. And, yeah, you know, Simona, Simona Typhi. Uh, I think I said I think I bushed her name. She was solid as well. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good game. I just... Yeah, I just missed the last ten minutes, which was pretty stupid of me. But, um... Yeah, we fought back from from what I've seen we'll dom- from what I watched we'll dominating the roosters, if that makes sense. But um yeah, it's
0: just unfortunate and you know, I think I think we're missing a couple of players, so yeah. Yeah, and just missing that polish in the especially the last ten minutes. Like I like Stutton, she can do some really good things, but um I thought at the end there when she was trying to uh drop field goals from forty meters out when she obviously didn't have the leg for her and I thought yeah. the better option was to, to kick long and pinch uh I mean, I mean, men struggle
1: to line. hit him for 40 yards. And, you know, you're trying to, like, some players, only, the, the, you know, there's a couple of players in NRL that can actually hit him sweetly. But, like, yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch for them. Like, even, she had a, I think it was at half time, she had a shot at a uh, penalty goal. I think she was like 35-ish, 40 yards out. She was short about 5-10 yards. But, yeah, I don't know. Just, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's a one-point loss. So, not the worst of the world. And we've still got next week. Uh, I think next week's the last round until finals. Um, and we're up against the the best team in the comp, the Broncos, uh, who got beaten this weekend, but we'll really have to be on our game to to get a win there. And um, I think the other team that could potentially get a win and knock us out is the Roosters. So the Roosters need to get a win, essentially, to get in, and they're up against the Dragons. But if the Dragons win, and we can lose, um, as long as it's not by too much... Um, then we should be through to the uh, to the finals in our inaugural year in the competition. So that'll be a great going for the girls. Um, first grade, Eels going down 16 to the Sharks 18. Um, so, boys, uh, probably uh, we didn't match the Sharks' intensity for much of this game. Sharks coming back to their home stadium for the first time in a couple of years, uh, given they had been doing uh, renovations on it. Um, And they were really up for this match, and I thought we just didn't match them um, in some of that intensity, physicality sort of stuff. Um, What were your thoughts? Yeah, you talk
2: about the Sharks going back to their home stadium and sort of what it means to them. You look at back when we went back to Parramatta Stadium and what it meant to us and the intensity we played with. So, you know, you, you don't want to make excuses for losses, but, like, the fact that we were so close shows, you know... I thought we played our game well to what the the Sharks would have wanted. We didn't. If we had gone out there and played or tried to play our best football, I think we lose by a lot more because we would have risked our hand a lot more, would have had less completions, and the Sharks' high intensity, especially that early high intensity, probably would have um, seen them score a few more tries. Uh, it's just dumb errors, dumb mistakes that we made that let the Sharks back in. Um, but it, very evidently, Ray Stone's... Uh, stupid decision, and he even knew it was a stupid decision because he pulled out of it, but it's just too late to pull out of it. Um, stupid decision to go for the cannonball tackle. Um, Isaiah Papali is... When he tackled the player in the air, there was also a very stupid captain's challenge. Just some other things that I just... You know, you shake your head at and you think, why are you doing that? But to go to... I can't remember the last time I went at Shark Park, maybe 2014. Maybe um, to go there, it's always hard. We've got a few players out. Um, it's early in the season, so I don't know how we're gonna. Are we? I don't know if what our philosophy is towards the year yet. I don't know if we're circled games and gone. Okay, we're gonna lift for this game. We're gonna drop back for this game, or whether we've gone. Okay, the first six rounds, if we just play with low intensity and just scrape by to get a win and, you know, build on from there or what our philosophy is or whether we are just playing poor. I don't know yet, but um, it's just some silly little things that I think we could have fixed up and we don't lose this game.
0: Yeah, I thought it. As much as I thought that we got a little bit of a rub of the green last week, I think we were on the receiving end of that, and the the footy gods did not smile upon us this week. Cool, uh, there was a couple of couple of blatant forward passes, and there was uh, varying interpretations in the ruck, uh, depending on which team it was. And then just uh, incorrect calls like uh, obstructions. Yeah, that second try, that was an obstruction into a forward pass um, for for the sharks. Um I thought last year we fixed up the obstruction that it's black and white. Um but obviously there's a differing interpretation this year, so that's because it was uh,
2: uh, Sharks home game, Scott Morrison there, and it was against Parramatta. That's the that's the difference between other tries and that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, that was
0: rather frustrating.
2: You only have to go back to week one and when
1: Brian To'o had his try taken you know, taken away. Like no one was interfered in that play, but yet they took that away like uh it's just Look, I will say, for my take, I blame this loss on Brad Arthur. Now, I'm not saying go sack him right now. I'm just saying, first off, the main thing everyone's talking about is we left, we had one play on the bench you didn't play. Now, whether or not Jake Arthur deserves a shot at the game, you know, t- um, you know at the play, it's up to, it's up to you. and up to everyone, you know. They're entitled to their opinion. But I said... Uh, Last week, the Sharks are a big pack. They're a big team. They go with four forwards on the bench. Now, this week, they had Cameron McKinnis on the bench, but they still had three props on the bench. They're a big team. And if I'm Brad Arthur... Look, I'll put this to you guys. Whose job is it to get the players up physically for this game, you know, and get them mentally right? Like, this is going to be a grind match. They're going to come and bash you because... I just feel as though, how many warnings do they need? Like, I like I knew that, that we're, we're going to get bashed, just because of how sharks are, are built, and, I just, uh, it's just, and, and on top of that, um, this is not Brad Arthur's fault as well, but, we just didn't want to tackle Nico Hines, like everything he did, like he was making half breaks, you know, breaks, and no one wants to put an arm around him, and it's just, I don't know. Just though the players, just got there and they thought, like you know, like last week we scored like two, or three tries in a row. They thought that would happen, and then once they got on the board, you know, Guffo drops off a tackle. They just thought they went into their shells a bit, and you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, dig dig deep and you know, you know, play some tough football to get you know, swing the momentum. You can't just give up and think you know we're away from home, we've got no crowd against us, we're not getting the rub of the green. You know, it's just a bit of um, you know, bit. I blame Brad Arthur, but some players, man, you know, hang your head in shame.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that uh, I don't think I don't I didn't think the forwards bashed us. I thought you know early on they they were bashing us, but that was their high intensity. But as you said, Bertie, it, it was your Nico Hines, it was your Cioni Katoa, it was Will Kennedy that were making us miss tackles, and that was just you know that's just like that's just like hit and stick. You know you can't. Yeah, there was off. There was offloads. They were pretty much offloading at Will at one point. It was, like, I again, I don't know if we're playing a low-intensity game to start off the season. I can't. If But if we are, you still have to make those tackles.
0: You still yeah, have to the, put it in the, the shoulder. The defence the first two weeks has been a bit lacking, so uh, that needs to be fixed up and fixed up soon.
2: Yeah. Oh, one thing defensively, we we really need to eat off that right edge. I think a lot of our problems, well, not... You know, a lot of them, not all of them, are his lack of lateral mobility. Yeah,
1: and even last week, like you look at the, the tries for, for the Titans, he's so far in, like he's like in the middle. So I said, you know, I said in our, in our pod last week, put him in the middle because either he, he's not confident on the edges. You know, look, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying this because Murata, but Murata seems more comfortable on the edge than Papa Lee. and I don't know, just. Because when he comes in, he forces the f- five eight to come in. Then the center, and then it's just a chain reaction. And you know, the the most common, f- the, the most thing they'll probably talk about this week is, you know, uh, and even some of the media are saying is like our players don't trust each other on on the inside, you know, on tackling. So just, just have some belief, and you know, maybe Bradar has to think of some things, you know.
2: But yeah, it's it's all right to defend where Papali is, as long as you have that lateral movement to then head out. When you know, either you've got to head up, or maybe you know. Move to it, steps out wider, and then come up and in and try and force that error. Because at the moment we're sort of pay- playing more passively, but we're playing in an aggressive position, which is you know
0: a bit weird. Yeah, they, they definitely need some work on it and figure out what what's going on. So, um, but I I did like the stint from uh, Nathan Brown. So hopefully we see him starting at lock at some time soon. Um, Absolutely changed um, the
2: game for us. Straightened us up. Sorry, Hamish, I'll let you go, but I just want to talk about the way we attack afterwards, if that's all right.
0: No, no, you go. I was was finished. Oh, okay.
2: Well, you see when Brownie got on, got on the field, and instead of... I love Junior Paulo. Don't get me wrong. Love him. One of the most skillful forwards I've ever seen in my lifetime. Probably ever will. But every time, it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's going... Like, when it's passing time, he goes out the back. When Brownie got on, he was passing the other forwards, getting them one on one, and then we can play off the back of that. What we need to do is again, Reedy's a fantastic player, and the only reason we can play like this is because he can throw these passes. So he throws those 20 metre cutout passes from dummy half, and then we get it seems like we get too cramped on the outside. I'd like us to see us, because we've got enough ball players in our team. Tighten up, I said it last year. Tighten up, play short. We saw it with Dylan Lane. Dill went, didn't have to go all the way into the line, took the ball close to the line, passed it to Laney. Laney's footwork got through the line. We set up a try for Reed. That wasn't two big cutout passes to the left. That was, you know, it was close to a, it wasn't a quite a short side play, but it was, it was on, on the shorter side. Go there, short ball, short ball, we're through. You know, we, we've got speedy halves. Let them get the ball at the line and take on, rather than taking on halfbacks, they're taking on second rowers on their on their inside shoulder. You're going to find lazy forwards with these two. But we seem to want to go wide wide. Oh, we're out of room, so we need to you know, we need to cut back in or we need to stop because otherwise we're going to run an obstruction. Play we need to play tighter.
1: The only short balls we play are from Reed Money from Tommy Half and even then they're, they're sort of wasted plays. Like that's what I said. You just feed. Look at Lane. Preseason Lane was you know unbelievable. You know he was making breaks. He was like turning into David for feeder. I don't know if they're just and one of okay he had one pass where he dropped it, but just if everyone knows um we're gonna we're trying to force our backs. You know Will and uh, Wagga Blake. Like just just hit him with the short ball or even kick uh, kick it kick in behind. I just feel as though we're sometimes too predictable and every team like. Whenever they have a man, whenever they got a man uh, overlap on us, it's so easy for them. But when we try to do it, like you look at the Bailey Simmons and try, like we thought, I thought we did that well, but it just seems like it's so slow motion the ball's traveling and we just can't take advantage of um, overlaps or we struggle to make overlaps. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think that comes from us playing wide. Like if we play shorter, then you can open up those gaps on the outside because you're you're also bringing the defense in tighter because they know. Parramatta gets the ball 30 metres out and they want to go right. Well, Reid's going to throw a 20-metre cut-out pass from dummy half. So what's the point of, of loading up the middle? Let's just play wide. Let's defend wide. Like, that's how Parramatta attack. But if we brought our, if we brought our halves in close-up, you know, then all of a sudden it, it'll tighten up the defence so that Gutho and Moses can throw those cut-out passes at the end rather than at the start.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I did like Moses in this game. I thought he showed a lot of control, um, especially when, you know, we, we we weren't exactly going forward or, or threatening in other positions. But, um, yeah, the spine really needs to start getting on the same page at the moment because they're a bit off. He played oh, tough. That...
1: He, got, he got
2: banged up a bit, No, He played tough, Moses. He didn't give up. Yeah, that's right. He uh, he should have got a sin bin from that Teague Wilton head because he, he uh, ta- you know, he... There was only one outcome in that, and that was exactly what happened. And then that happened, uh, and then when Moses scored his try, it was the Jaden Campbell knees where, oh, I put my hands out, but my full force, my knees, went straight into the thigh of Mitchell Moses. So that's not a penalty. But yeah, Mitch, he's getting tougher, and I thought to stick out that game after getting those early corks was good to see. Um, I thought Dill had a strong game running. I'd just like to see... Sometimes when Dill gets the ball, no one follows him. Laney's not following him. Dill needs... He might not use them, but he needs someone on his left and someone on his inside. Someone his outside and inside. There was She's, a couple
1: of times where you had a half a break and he's just looking around for someone and he had to take the tackle
2: or he yeah. had to go down. Like I think Dill, you know, and he's just so strong. If he can get one-on-one... Yeah, there was times there where he was carrying three forwards into in a tackle and making post-contact meters. If he can get one-on-one... He just needs that inside and outside support so that he can get one-on-one with opposition defenders. He just I'm not sure if that's a lack of communication with Dill saying, come on, I'm going to get the ball run with me, or if that's his players being lazy or what it is, but something needs to change there because Dill can make a lot of line breaks and we're just not utilised... The players around them aren't utilising Dill properly. And like the worst-case
1: scenario, okay, he takes a tackle, but he has a quick play-to-ball, you take advantage of that. Like, sometimes... Yes a quick play to ball's better than an offload or like, I just feel as so, though, I don't know, they're just playing a bit of slow motion, you know, stuck in the mud sort of thing, so. All
0: right, well, I think that's enough chat there. So we've got Storm down in Melbourne next week. We'll have to be a lot better than we were against the Sharks this week. Um, and hopefully we can um, stop the, the stem of these body injuries at the moment and start getting some players back.
2: Yeah, well, you know, this game coming up, we'll talk more about it on uh, Tuesday night. Um, this is the game, like my theory before, where we play to the opposition. See, the Storm, we know they're going to be high intensity. We know they're going to be a top-four team. So, you know, this is where the theory comes in that against either the top-four, top-six teams, you the best teams in the competition. You lift your intensity. This is where I
0: know how we're going to play or if we're just playing poorly. Um, yep, a bit of a referendum on the season so far in game three. Up. Um, that'll wrap up the review of uh, this round two week of action and um, we'll jump into the preview uh, later in the week um, I'll probably be missing for that one but um, I don't know I might pre-record something and just stick it in sounds good to me alright well thanks boys and we'll catch you on the next
2: Para podcast. see you later in the week see you get the eels